You're with Julian on the Brown Note, and now a review of Rambo Last Blood. <laughs> and I'm already thinking this is going to go on forever. So, we start back in 1968 with the author, Jeffrey Household. And uh, he's an English author and wrote a novel called Rogue Mail. Now, this was about a guy that goes to kill a European dictator uh, just for sport. And he ends up getting caught and tortured and left for dead and coming back to the UK. And the uh, denizens of the, wherever he's attacked, the totalitarian regime sort of henchmen, come back to, I think, Dorset or somewhere where he's living. And he has a big standoff with them and so on. Uh, and it became quite a well-known novel, and it was the um, basis for a, quite a different take on what would become an archetypal character that I think deserves a lot more credit. Um, the writer David Morrill wrote the novel First Blood, which I have read, uh, and he said he was inspired by this previous Rogue Male novel. But there are numerous, multiple differences. Um, the basis of the Rambo character is that he's somebody that was deeply affected by the Vietnam War and he's returned and he's an itinerant drifter he can't function in society anymore this is you know if you look at the suicide statistics of soldiers that have killed themselves after returning from the Iraq and Afghanistan wars you'd be gobsmacked it's I think in the tens of thousands of American troops um, and we never address the trauma of war at all and never have done. It's barely mentioned. Um, people sort of, uh, politicians like Scomero, John Howard, Tony Blair, whatever, are more than happy to send people away to war. You'll never hear them mention about the, the traumatic results of those actions. Um, and in the book and the film First Blood, we get to see the itinerant drifter roll into town and be immediately persecuted by the cops. And it kind of dovetailed into the whole counterculture notion of redneck police targeting hippies. Um, even though in this instance he wasn't a hippie, he did have the long hair and the bandana. Uh, and he occupied the role of the outsider who wasn't welcome uh, and so on. Now, the very interesting thing is something that's occupied a lot of my time since thinking about this character and how important he is first and foremost in the film rambo is a really decent man who is persecuted by the system he's tortured by his past he's given no opportunity and basically he's hunted like an animal uh, until they eventually capture him and he's generally a good guy and he does what he can to evade things. He causes, you know, crashes and explosions, but he's not out there to hurt anyone and, and so on. He's a heroic character, a Ned Kelly character, the sanitized version. Now, what's very interesting, if you read the book, is that he's a very different character. In the book, he's pushed to the edge and breaks and he becomes a spree killer like you see in the modern day mass shootings in america i think he ends up executing something like 11 people and does so often from a distance with a sniper's rifle killing civilians or police a very different rambo appears and that's the guy pushed over the edge or who is a psychotic sociopath anyway 
and ends up being a mass murderer. And the thing that I find so fascinating about the Rambo character is that as the further I've gone on, the less difference there is between these two characters. I'm reminded of the Taxi Driver movie where Travis Bickle is this guy that um, is deemed a hero by the world at the end, but he's behaved as a mass murderer. Um, and he's, he's sort of bemused that the world seems to have accepted that he rescued this prostitute. But really, he was a psychotic, sociopathic mass murderer. And it's the fact that there's so little that could have happened in the movie Rambo, First Blood, that would have made him flip to being this other character. It's actually quite close that they've held up this exalted person that doesn't quite go on a kill crazy rampage. And in the book, he does go on a crazy rampage and he's killed by the police at the end. So he never exists. And from that, Sylvester Stallone, uh, who had already become a huge star with um, the Rocky movie before that anyway, took that character on and turned him into this sort of um, draped-in-the-flag character, which was never really the story. Um, he was also always supposed to be this outsider that was used by the military and, and broken mentally. And when the films came out, they were trashed critically. Rambo 2 and 3 were very heavily trashed by critics. And they showed them all in a row recently. And even though First Blood 1 gets a lot of critical acclaim, um, I thought 2 and 3 were much better than the, the basket case movies they were, that we were led to believe. For a start, compared to modern sort of Michael Bay-style films, the pacing in them is a lot different. There's a lot more sort of downtime and a lot more thoughtfulness. There's a lot better acting, believe it or not, and the scripts are actually often a lot better. The cinematography and the music and the use of music is often a lot better. You're not hit over the head continually. Um, and these are films that were absolutely trashed as being, you know, Chuck Norris, Steven Seagal films. But they weren't. They were a lot more thoughtful and intellectual. And even though he wasn't always on the right side, they actually pointed towards the future often. I mean, there was um, Rambo 2 or 3 was the involvement in the Middle East and, and it showed both sides, like the Taliban side and the, um, the um, other side of the rebels and the American involvement in the region. Um, I think in that film it actually portrayed the, the Islamists as the heroes that Rambo supported, or, or the other way around, I can't remember which way around, but um, it was still prescient to focus on that. And Rambo 4 was about um, the minorities being persecuted by the regime in Burma, which was ahead of the curve as well. It wasn't the Rohingya, it was the other lot from the south who were being persecuted, which was again ahead of the curve. And I thought they'd been quite prescient, even if they were on the wrong side some of the time. Um, very interesting. But the cinema, like Rambo 2, the whole end sequence with the um, helicopter and the bow and arrow, the cinematography and soundtrack are just magnificent. It's one of the great finales of any action film. So I've got a lot more respect for the whole notion of the Rambo character being a much more interesting one. How close that dividing line is between being a sociopath murderer that we see on the news every day and being somebody that's bucked up against the system and I think we see that in the constant re-evaluations of someone like Ned Kelly was he a hero that was downtrodden and beaten by the system was he just a thug killer murderer um, and I find that whole thing interesting and I think the earlier films are worth watching again 
because I certainly agreed that they were trash when they came out, but I think compared to modern trash, they're actually very interesting. Compared to uh, their peer group, the Seagal and Chuck Norris movies, they're masterpieces. And I did have some time for Rambo 4. I thought if the violence in these films has gone through the roof. Um, but Rambo, which came out after a 20-year hiatus in 2008, I thought was a really interesting film. So anyway, the character has been trotted out one last time again. Um, and this interim period of 10 years has seen the Rocky films rebooted. Uh, we saw Creed come out to a lot of acclaim, some awards-worthy uh, mentions for Sylvester Stallone as an actor. Uh, I thought he was awards-worthy in that. I thought he was brilliant in Creed, and I thought it was a really good film, and they, and they did a good job rebooting it. I haven't seen Creed 2. Um, now they've come back in 2019 with Rambo Last Blood, Rambo 5, an awful lot of water under the bridge since First Blood. And in some ways, they've kind of made it a summation by stopping Rambo's global travelling and bringing him back to America where the, 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 you know, the whole thing happens in America. Now, Rambo Last Blood, directed by David... Sorry, not David Morrill. Um, where is it? I don't think the guy's directed an awful lot. Directed by Adam Grunberg. Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. Oh, he was the assistant director on that. I found that film unwatchable. Um, Edge of Darkness and Apocalypto I haven't seen, but he was only the assistant director on those. Um, he's the he's taken the helm of Rambo Last Blood, which has been in development hell for a long time with Stallone not quite sure whether he wants to get back on board and doing it obviously his time's been taken up with the dreadful expendable franchise two and three of those were absolutely awful um and the rocky film so it's, it's not like he's gone quietly into that good night um that's a reference that will come up later if you know what i'm talking about um this time around he's living on a farm in the middle of nowhere the archetypal all-american ranch He's got a housekeeper, in inverted commas, who's a Mexican lady. Now, she is criminally underused. She's the mother from Babel, who goes on that sojourn to Mexico to her daughter's engagement party or whatever. And she's an Oscar-worthy actress, and she's not used at all here. But her granddaughter, a young sort of teenage Mexican-American woman, is the only other person that lives on this ranch with Rambo, who's continually tortured by his past lives, um, the army and so on he's never got over it and he's built this big complex of tunnels under his ranch now I would have thought someone suffering from PTSD from the Vietnam War wouldn't be building tunnels everywhere but anyway he's got that as a side hobby now the girl herself her mum died of um, I think cancer and her dad left her when she was about 10 years old so she's been living with Rambo as a de facto father and the grandmother is a de facto mother. She finds word that her dad, who went missing, has finally popped up in Mexico. Her friends found him, and she wants to go to Mexico to find her father and ask him why he walked out on her when she was 10 years old. And uh, obviously, it's, it, it's very taken, the movie taken at the start, with Rambo basically saying, you can't possibly go to Mexico as though, you know, like um, Liam Neeson's character, can't, you can't possibly go to Paris. And they're right. <laughs> it's so annoying that they're actually right. So she sort of lies and heads off down to Mexico. 
and she meets her dad who's an asshole um, and says well basically I didn't want to have anything to do with you um, and her friend takes her out and it's quite clear that her friend isn't to be trusted and her friend has basically sold her to white slavery um, her friends um, basically got her involved with a guy at a club who dr- drugs her and she disappears and she ends up being you know a, a drugged up prostitute very much in the role of the Taken movie there's no difference apart from location at this stage and obviously Rambo gets word of um, the fact that she's gone missing in Mexico and heads down there to rescue her so that's where the movie starts proper and everything up until this stage is perfectly serviceable Um, there's not a wide array of people on screen there's virtually no one in this film apart from the main characters Um, and the Mexicans are basically murdered or henchmen and that's about it Um, he heads down there all carnage breaks loose and he rescues his niece after an aborted attempt which goes horribly wrong Um, and the cartels obviously have her and they have all these other girls that they're selling off to um, you know various brothels and drugging them up to the eyeball and so on um, and he um, he has a bad running with them and then he ends up getting his de facto daughter back but she dies uh, I'm sorry if I'm blowing the plot here this happens relatively early um, so basically the rest of the movie is a revenge pick like Death Wish um, so if you can imagine Liam Neeson getting to Paris, finding his daughter, but she dies of a drug overdose because they've jacked her up on heroin, it would be that movie. Now, this is a film that didn't get a lot of love. Uh, got a lot of um, Raspberry nominations, and I can see why. It is a really weird film. It's very much more like a Steven Seagal direct-to-video film. Um, there's an enormous amount wrong with this film it's like they started the first third and made what could potentially be uh, probably very racist but at least very interesting film where if you go to Mexico obviously the entire country is run by cartels everyone you meet is a danger you're going to get your drink spiked and end up as a trafficked woman Um, and it came under fire for all of that had it stuck with that it would have been a much more interesting film um one thing about the rambo films is they've moved location location you know each country has had a different set of people soldiers and good guys have all been from a different country the persecuted public have all been from a different country and that's been really interesting uh this time around what we get is something very different um which fails on both levels not only do we not get a good picture of mexico not because we don't get a positive picture of mexico but because they kind of leave it after the first third and you don't really get that much that's in mexico but what you do get is one of the most overplayed tropes in movie history how many films have you seen where they fortify a ranch or a home with booby traps waiting for the villains to come it's one of the most overplayed tropes in hollywood i've seen so many films that have done this and that's what the entire second half of this film is him setting up booby traps around the ranch waiting for the bad guys to come and that is so limited i get what i get that it could have been a really good homecoming for rambo after the first blood being set in america and then him going off on his global adventures having the the last film set in um in mainly in america would have been an interesting change but the problem is we don't see america other than the ranch his daughter his de facto daughter and his um housekeeper 
We don't see any Americans. We don't see any other buildings. One night she has some friends over and we see them from the distance for a bit, for a few minutes. And that's the entirety of our involvement with America. So we don't get any real involvement with Mexico or America. And they could have easily had the ranch in Mexico. It wouldn't have made any difference to the story at all. I don't remember seeing an American building at all, anywhere. Um, All you see is the desert, wide open space. And um, when he goes through the border, he just drives over a chain link fence. I'm guessing that there are elements of this to, you know, promote the right wing view of dangerous Latinos coming over a porous border. But it's so ineptly done. I don't know how anyone would even take it seriously in the first place. So I'm really disappointed with this film. Uh, Saddam does nothing wrong with his portrayal of the character. There aren't really any other characters of note in it. Um, some of the stuff at the start with his relationship with the housekeeper and with the de facto daughter are actually quite well done and quite well acted. But then the whole thing goes to pop. Morally, this film is really repugnant because there's no motivation for him. In the other films, he was saving people. This film from probably just over a third in is a revenge film where he just sets out to murder the cartels. And that's it. And he's rescued people in need in the other films. In this film, he continually sees all of these women, teenage girls, jacked up to their eyeballs in brothels. And he never makes any effort to help any of them. It's like he sees them all there, ignores them for his own family maybe understandable a bit but when she's gone he doesn't make any attempt you know i thought maybe the film would follow him going into mexico and trying to liberate all these brothels from the um from the uh, cartels not a bit of it all he wants is to kill them he doesn't give a flying one about anyone else that's in these horrible situations so morally it's a very repugnant film and it also leaves you with no motivation because he spends half the film defending a ranch for no one there's no one else living there he doesn't really care if he lives or dies and all he wants to do is murder the opposition so it's a very very strange film it's um it's like i said very close to a director video steven seagal film um there's nothing that happens from about a third in that adds to the intrigue of what you're watching it could have been shot anywhere um sly is good in the role Uh, The violence is off the charts, and that's a positive if you're like me and like watching absolute barbarism on screen. It scores very highly there. But you just don't care. I mean, how how much would you care about a film where people are crashing a ranch and trying to shoot the guy that lives there and he's set up all these spiky booby traps to get them? Been there, done that a million times. It's a dire film. It really is surprisingly bad, and it makes Rambo 4 look amazing. So I'm going to give Rambo Last Blood a paltry 3 out of 10, only really for some elements in the first half, completely wasted potential, and if you like really gory violence, you've got plenty here, as it is a very gory film. And that'll do. I might have to do the next film next week. I think I've rambled enough about Rambo. 3 out of 10 for Rambo. First Blood, terrible. Now, in my, I think Latin music is going to be the uh, next feature show I do, because it's already coming up to being that kind of thing where I'd sort of trace its roots. Modern ur- urban Latin music has in Mexico.